God desires to elevate each of us to an eternal purpose, far more than our everyday struggles. But before God can do something through us, He must do something in us. Good morning. Good to have everyone here today. Welcome all our regulars and all our guests and anyone who snuck in. Uh, this is a time of year that you don't know who's going to show up. So uh, everybody's moving around, vacations, but we're glad you're here today. I uh, hope that you're blessed as we begin this new series today. Uh, this new series entitled Made for More. And so uh, throughout this series, I'm going to ask you to consider... Uh, the very unique position that you are in with God. You're unique, we're all very different, and God has created us specifically to accomplish His will in certain areas that no one else could do. Uh, When I make this statement, how would you fill in this blank? God has uniquely placed me on this earth to make your wife happy, Uh, raise your kids, pay your bills, come to church. Right? I don't know where you would fill in this blank, but life is more than going to church, paying bills, raising kids, and cutting grass. Although all those things are very noble, except the cutting grass part. All those things are very noble, right? I heard some amens uh, you know, by the sweat of our brows, what I think about, like when I'm on the mower. But uh, all of us have been uniquely created and have unique experiences that God works in us to accomplish a mission that only we can accomplish because we're uniquely designed and fashioned by God. If you struggle to fill in this blank, know this, you're not alone. As a matter of fact, sometimes we think we're at a certain stage of our life and we think, well, this is what what I'm supposed to be doing right now. This is what God has called me to do right now. But then as life moves on, as circumstances change, that blank can change as well, what's ever in that space. And so over these next three weeks, my prayer is that we consider more deeply, we consider maybe for the first time, how God has uniquely placed here on this earth, each one of us, to accomplish His will. No human, no human is an accident. No unborn child is a mistake. No distraught adult or depressed teenager is is, is, is worthless. Everyone has worth. No one is a failure in Christ. No one, no one, no one is a failure in Christ. And so our Father in heaven has created each of us with unique abilities, unique experiences through life to accomplish His will. And we must first believe that there is a God or we can't figure this out. Uh, Bertrand Russell says this, that unless you assume a God, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. I love the honesty this atheist brings to the table. Without an admittance that there is a God, there's no way that you can make sense out of life. And so even the atheists agree that to find this this purposeful meaning uh, in life, to find out how we would fill in that blank requires us to believe that God created us uniquely and has fashioned us for His will and work. Uh, a Russian novelist, Andrew Betov, was traveling through uh, the mass transit system in St. Petersburg in Russia, and uh, he was uh, emotionally distraught and distressed because as an atheist, he found life had no meaning. Uh, 
But then God revealed to him in his heart, in his mind, this statement. And he wrote it down. He said, without God, life makes no sense. That one statement, without God, life makes no sense, changed his trajectory in life. It changed where he would end up. It began to change his day. And he said he immediately began to feel hope. So maybe as we put this first statement out here and the first uh, message in this series, you need to come to grips with that there is a God, He loves you, and He has uniquely designed you for a special purpose in life. And part of, part of life is discovering what that is. Now, even when we believe in God, right? And many of us here, I'm hoping all of us here, uh, and those watching and listening, uh, that, that we would believe that there is a God, even though we believe that there is a God, sometimes life doesn't make sense, right? Sometimes things happen, experiences, relationships fail, you know, sickness, sadness, whatever. And, and, and we come to this like statement, we say, what's my purpose in life now? Because she died, or he left, or that happened, or, or you know, life is turned upside down. Sometimes, each one of us can feel like a basket case, right? Maybe you felt that way this week, or last month, or last year, or maybe this has been going on a while, where you should be in the corner, drooling, knees pulled up to your chest, with your fingers in your mouth, like, you know, and you're like, hey, Bob, I'm here in church, isn't that good enough? Like, okay, that's great. That is a great start, if that's what you were close to, right? You have been through some experience and it's so challenging you're like i i am just trying to get through the day and you're asking me to think about the meaning of life well when we think long term when we look ahead we can find meaning in the immediate it's kind of like it's kind of like riding a motorcycle right um the best way to ride a motorcycle is not to look immediately in front of you it's to look down the path and pick pick your line as you go through whatever series of turns or or obstacles. And so by looking ahead, we can make sense out of the immediate. And we're going to talk about something else today, and that's looking in our past. So uh, sometimes we feel helpless and incapable. We feel like a basket case. We, we're overwhelmed with stress and anxiety. and We feel like, how can we uh, make sense out of this moment? The story we're going to use in this series is the uh, life of Moses. And uh, his life starts out as a basket case, if you know the story. Uh, Moses, uh, he's part of the Israel clan. He's part of that tribe. Now, <clears throat> he's a descendant of Abraham. So if you know anything about the Old Testament, this is your first time coming to church, you're like, I, I don't know who Moses is. You know, is he a rock singer? No. He's a guy in the Bible, at least this Moses is. And uh, he's a descendant of the child uh, of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Israel. He leaves Ur of Chaldees. He comes to a place we call Palestine. There he has a son, Isaac. Isaac has two sons, uh, Jacob and Esau. Uh, one of those sons, Jacob, ends up having multiple sons. And one of those sons goes to Egypt through another long, interesting story and ends up bringing uh, an end to a famine or survival through a worldwide famine. And because of that, the Pharaoh of Egypt, the president, the king, the ruler of that land, makes Joseph second in command. So um, he brings all his kin down there to the land of Goshen. 
Uh, while living there, they multiply, they multiply, they multiply. Another Pharaoh comes along who enslaves them and also becomes very concerned about the tribe of Israel because they are so numerous. They're more of Israelites in Egypt than there are Egyptians in Egypt. And so to remedy that situation, he tells all the mothers uh, of uh, the Israelites that when you have a son, uh, a child uh, born, it's, it's a male, you're to put that child to death. Now that... That kind of edict from the king, from the president, from the, would make anybody feel like a basket case. And that's exactly how Jehokabed, Moses' mother, feels. Don't you love the, the name Jehokabed? Let's all say it together. Jehokabed. I mean, you know, it's got a ring to it, you know, a uh, little, little different than what we're hearing around here, but Jehokabed. So anyway, uh, uh, we're going to pick up this story in Exodus chapter 2. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant. This is Moses' mother, and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a, she, when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Do you know any mom that doesn't think their child's a fine child? I mean, come on. I mean, then you have to put that in there. We could have guessed that, right? I mean, there are some brand new babies here, and, and we've, this has been a baby season for the church. And, and so, I mean, when I pick up these babies, I'm like, this is a fine child, right? What else are you going to say? You know, <laughs> you're holding somebody else's baby. Let me just coach you on this. If you don't know what to say, say it's a fine child, right? <laughs> Every once in a while, I've picked up a newborn, and I'm like, give it a couple weeks, and <laughs> it'll get better. Fine wine, right? It's got age. And so anyway, <laughs> Moses says this fine, I mean, Moses is a fine child. And Jehokabed's like, I got such a fine child. Anyway, but when she could not hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. And then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Now, could you imagine the guilt, the stress that Jehokabed must have felt when she placed her newborn fine child son, Moses, in a basket and put him in the River Nile, hoping that there was some way his life would be spared? We learn from the Hebrew writer that she did this by faith. They, Mom and Dad this, did this by faith, that they, had, they didn't know a lot about God, but they had a faith in a God, not the gods of Egypt, that that Moses would be spared. Anyway, I just, I, you know, just kind of live in that moment for us right now. Sometimes we read these passages. Maybe you've grown up in church, you've heard the story many times. Sometimes we blow by the fact of what type of distress she must have been going through. Like, how can this play into the life for my son, the life for my family? I mean, immense amount of pressure and stress. And so this leads us to the first insight that I want us to make in just filling in this blank that God uses unlikely circumstances to point us to our purpose. Circumstances that are beyond our control. We live in America. We have technology that puts us in control. We have education that puts us in control. We have resources, monies, whatever that puts us in control. We like to be in control. We don't like when things are out of control. But God uses those unlikely circumstances when life is out of control to point us to a grander purpose 
than what we know about. Because when we're in control, it's our purpose, right? It's our design. It's where we're headed. But God uses the unlikely circumstances to bring about a, a meaning to our life that oftentimes we can't see. And so circumstances beyond our control. Now, this next story that you're going to watch and listen to is about a young man, Joe, who went through a circumstance like that. Went through a time in his life where it seemed like life was out of control. My name is Joe, and this is my story. Um, when I was 11 years old, I was diagnosed with uh, a bone cancer, a pretty rare form uh, called Ewing sarcoma. Um, going through that time, uh, I, can, I remember looking back and my parents just seeing the devastation on their face. Over the next few months, uh, about 13 months or so, I spent going through chemotherapy. For whatever reason, I was always positive about it. I never had any issues with um, you know, struggling with it. It was just something that happened in my life. But you start to look around at your friends and they're, and they're normal. They're not going through these things. And um, they're, not, they're not experiencing the same thing you are. And you start to wonder, there's this little thing in the back of your head like, why am I going through this? Um, I can remember a time I actually actually wrote a little poem entitled Why Me? I was kind of in the dark about how serious what I was going through was. Since I, I seemed to be so positive all the time about what I was going through. Um, but it wasn't until um, several years later when I became an adult actually that I realized what I was going through and how serious that was. Um, that you know, I, I could have potentially faced death. Um, and I even remember times I've been talking about possible amputation of my leg. I mean, it was that was that was tough to to understand. And it's it, it's then when I realized when I started sharing my story with people, and they were just so in awe of what I'd been through and that I'd made it. And I think they understood, which helped me understand how much of a blessing it was. Um, and. I've been in the medical field for about four years now, um, which I think is probably where God has led me. Um, yeah, obviously he brought me through something so terrible that people have that question sometimes like, how could God let that happen? Well, for me, um, it's a blessing to have gone through this because um, now I, that I am in the medical field, I get to share my story with people. And I think that has an effect on them that no matter what you're going through, you can still be positive. I feel like this is what God has revealed to me and um, in the suffering that I went through that um, while being in the medical field, I can close, more closely relate to my patients um, and, and kind of get up more on their level. Um, just because I went through suffering like that, obviously God was still there. It was, I mean, He walked with me through it. I may not have known it then, how and why that happened. My name's Joe, and I'm a follower of Christ. Amen. At such a young age, how could Joe put in perspective what he had gone through? And if you want to ask him the question, he's in here, he's in the room today, he's seated to my right, and you can go, Joe, tell me more about that story. Uh, there are a lot of stories captured even within a congregation this size of God's circumstances playing out in their life in ways they never, they never imagined. How could, you, how could you see cancer that nearly took your life and risked taking your leg? How could that 
how could that play into um, finding this purpose, this meaning in Christ? Like, isn't God supposed to protect us from all that? I mean, I signed up for Jesus and church because I thought that, you know, plenty of money in my bank account and my marriage would get better and everything would be up and to the right. And that is often not true, right? And so if you were here in our Wednesday night series, we were studying the wisdom books and we, we talked a lot about that. We talked this past Wednesday night about Job and the struggles that he went through and trying to make sense out of, out of life. The most difficult things that you've been through, uh, troubled marriage, finances, emotional distress, uh, sexual identity crisis, a depression, uh, long-term depression, anxiety, uh, some type of mental illness. God can use any of those very unlikely circumstances to lead you to a purpose way beyond yourself that you never could have saw in that moment or before that moment, and it might even not even be revealed until much later on when things start to line up, when the dots get connected. How could Jehokabed, Moses' mother, how could she factor in that doing this to her child would lead to the salvation of the world? I mean, there's no way. And that's why she lived by faith. Now, God would use making her life and the life of her son to find a, a, a purpose never expected. Now, back into our story, Exodus chapter 2, verse 5. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. And she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrews' babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Hey, uh, shall I go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? I know just the one. Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Uh, the, Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. And... and, and I know a lot of moms are going right now. I wish I could get paid, right? So the woman, <laughs> it's just fun to read the Bible. I, you know. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and, and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him out of the water. So he is found by Pharaoh's daughter. Remember, Pharaoh is the one who's issued the decree that all these male babies be put to death. And so uh, he ends up being raised uh, by the daughter of Pharaoh, and, and, and that's just amazing. And, 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 and she feels this compassion for this child. She sees this little precious bundle of joy, this fine child like there. And, and so the Egyptians actually paid Jehokabed to raise her, her own son, you know, nurse her own son. And so uh, this next fill-in-the-blank spot is another part in answering this big overall question about the made-for-more, the purpose that we're trying to find in Christ. That is that God uses unlikely people to prepare us for a life of more. We believe in God. Most of us, hopefully all of us here, believe in God. And we know that God uses the likely people, right? Parents, coaches, pastors, scoutmaster, you know, a good teacher. Uh, we know God uses those people to shape and mold us. But what about the unlikely people? Like Pharaoh and Pharaoh's daughter. Like, where did that come from? How could he, you have seen that coming? God will use unwelcomed people in our life to bring us to a bigger purpose. God will bring abusive people 
He will bring their abuse and their torment to us. He can turn that around and it can be something turned into something very beautiful. Some ministry, some outreach, because of the pain you've been through, now you're able to have a solution to a problem that might help someone. And, and, and so uh, maybe recently you've watched the movie as I have, I Can Only Imagine, the story uh, behind the song, I Can Only Imagine, uh, written by Bart Millard. And, and if you know the story, you know that he grew up uh, he grew up in Greenville, Texas, and, and Bart suffered from an abusive father, very abusive dad, uh, caused him a lot of anguish uh, through his teen years and, and childhood years, and his father, his father's name, Arthur, uh, uh, they reconcile, and that becomes the catalyst for a song that uh, has moved millions to think about eternal life, to think about God, to think about Jesus. And so all this troubled childhood, all this turmoil, all this uh, emotional distress becomes the very thing that God will use to create a song that has resonated around the world. And uh, Bart has uh, said that, I, I know what I was before and what I am now. The only thing that explains it to me is Christ. And so he found that God was able to take all this pain and bring something beautiful out of it. We have an expression here. You've heard it many times. If you come here regular, God wastes no, say it with me, pain. God wastes no pain. He wastes no problem. In Christ, there is nothing left to waste. He can use it all. Even the most troubled experiences like a childhood uh, uh, experience of being raised by an abusive alcoholic father. And so if Bard had tried to make sense out of his life on his own, he would have remained frustrated and in a very selfish and broken state. But he didn't try to make sense out of life on his own. He called on Christ to help him make sense out of life. And so God used the crimes that were committed against him, committed against uh, 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 him personally and it, to, to bring about something beautiful out of that. And so God uses people and circumstances, even people who are abusive, like the Apostle Paul. Here's, his first name was Saul that we, we find in the book of Acts. And, and he uh, is rounding up Christians because he's not a believer in Christ yet. He's hauling them off to jail. He's, some of these people are being put to death for their faith in Jesus. And, and yet God will use him. And he writes this amazing promise to all people. He says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now look, every single person in this room, in the sound of my voice, is in this verse. You. You. Yeah, like you're like, me? Yeah, you. You are God's handiwork. There's another translation that said, you are God's masterpiece, a master tapestry, one translation says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a mission for every child in the kingdom. It's unique for us. It's not that it can't be done by just anyone, but it can be done better by you. And so you and I have a mission. Now, maybe you've battled drug addiction or experienced multiple failed marriages or you've dropped out of school and you're sitting there thinking, how can God use me? Well, God will use the most unlikely people, the most unlikely circumstances, the most unlikely type of person to do something amazing. I mean, 
I think about this in my own life. Like, I think about, like, okay, when my marriage was failing, when uh, I was dealing with uh, my first spouse who was an alcoholic, my, myself being an alcoholic one time, and then walked out of ministry, and I thought, what's the purpose of it all? And, like, how can God use this? I mean, I walked away from serving people. I didn't walk away from God. I didn't walk away from Jesus. But I'm like, how can God use such a broken individual? And here's what I know. When I sit down with a conversation with somebody in a troubled relationship or troubled marriage, I understand a little bit, a little bit of what they're going through. When I sit across the table from someone who's an addict, I know that. I, I, I know a little bit about what they're going through. Or when I sit across the table from someone who's married to an addict, I know a little bit about what they're going through. And maybe you've not gone through any of that. It's not that you can't minister to them. But there's something special about some of us who've gone through things that are just terrible. Like we can, we can sit down with someone and say these simple two words. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I know. It's awful. Sucks. Hate it. Wish it would go away. But God uses unlikely people, unlikely circumstances to accomplish things that you can't conceive of in the moment, right? And so, I don't know if your story's that dramatic. Maybe you were like, you know, you always turn in your library books on time, you know, always reround the VHS tape before you took it back. And some of you are like, what did he just say? But you know what I'm talking about. And your life is very uneventful. God can use you too. As a matter of fact, some of the people that I learned from the most have sought God their entire life from the time they went into the nursery to today, right? So God uses all of us. And we all have a unique set of circumstances that surround our life that God can form and, and guide us to a, a purpose that is beyond our understanding now. So I want you to rebuke right now any lies that you might have in your mind that you're not created uniquely for a unique purpose. You need to take that lie... And, and, and rebuke it. That is not of God. God has, from the very beginning, had a, had a design for each of us to bring Him glory, to accomplish His mission, to establish His kingdom here on earth. And so, you might already know the more God has made you for at this point, but it can change because life changes. Like, he, we keep moving ahead. We keep looking at, at where God is leading us. And, and, and our experiences are factoring into that. So, discovering the more that God has going on for us is a journey. It's a journey. It's not just, you're not going to figure this out this week. I don't think you will. Maybe at the end of the series in three weeks, you, you may not. But over time, it will become clearer. And the only way you do that is by moving forward with God. It's hard to know what, where you're going until you start moving forward. So you start getting involved in types of ministry and doing things and going like, is this, is this my giftedness? Is this my strong hand? Is this where I need to be? Um, Everything that happens in our life will find purpose in Christ. And let me add on there, nowhere else. I know that's a bold statement, but it's true. Everything that happens to us. Now, I mean, that's everything. Everything that happens to us in our life will find purpose in Christ and nowhere else. Some say everything happens for a reason. Well, that might be true. But what I am trying to say is this. You won't know the reason unless you're in Christ. Like, you have to have that relationship. And I'm not talking about just coming to church. 
I'm, not, I'm talking about like you have to pursue that relationship with Jesus. You got, have to be in communion with him like through prayer and through reading the Bible and through fellowship of people. And, like, and God begins to reveal those types of things to us in multiple ways. It doesn't come in just one epiphany. It comes through a process, a journey. And so if Moses had, would not have answered God's call, if Moses would have said, you know... I'm not going to line up with my brethren. I'm going to stay in the palace. He would have, here's what Moses would have done. He would have died a rich man with a great retirement. And we wouldn't know his name. If Moses would have denied God's call, he would have, he would have stayed where it was safe and not gone through any suffering. And we wouldn't know who he was. If Moses would have denied God's call, he would have not experienced the hardship of leadership. And the difficulties of, of, of being at war with the, most, the biggest superpower on the earth at that time. And having no defense system, having no army, having only the Lord on your side. But this basket case Moses brought salvation to the world through his descendant, namely Jesus. See, it's amazing when we decide that, okay, I don't know what's going on right now. I, I didn't expect this, but I know God's going to use this to His glory for His plan. And so trying to find this purpose within ourselves will lead us frustrated. You can't find this answer within yourself. But the more we concentrate on God, the more we focus on Jesus, the more things become clearer, the more things line up. And so this scripture is a promise for all of us as well. And it's one that I love and it's in a ton of my sermons because it's so beautiful. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. Not our purpose. His purpose. Not our glory. His glory. Not our design. His design. And so we have to humble ourselves and recognize this isn't quite what I would have thought, but, but this is really cool what God is doing right now. And so uh, God uses all things. So you've heard me say this joke many times. I'm going to say it again. So we read in this first part of this verse, we know that in all things, you know, I looked up the word all and you know what it means? Say it. All. Oh, great. Great. Some of you are paying attention, right? It means all. So pick it out. The guy cut you off, you couldn't pay the bill, God uses all things. Is that what it says? That's what it says. God can use anything and everything to bring about some understanding in our life on how to cope and how to move forward and what to do. He's, he's pulling it all together. This past week, I had an opportunity to go see a friend of mine, a minister friend of mine, Herschel Stone, who ministers at the North Danville Church of Christ. And he was doing a, a homecoming uh, in Newcastle, Virginia. And if you know where Newcastle is, then you know some small towns besides Chatham, right? And so Newcastle is on top of Catawba Mountain, and, or a big mountain. You have to go over Catawba, I think, and, and go up another one. Anyway, he's been, doing the, he's been doing a homecoming for them for 20 years. Like, that doesn't happen very much. If you're not from the church world, usually it's like a different homecoming speaker. He's the same guy for 20 years. He's been going there. And he loves the church. He loves the people up there. And they love him, obviously. He's coming back from this homecoming event, and he has a terrible accident. Car flips multiple times. He's all beat up. He was in rehab at Roman Eagle, and, 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 and I had a chance to see him. And, and uh, <laughs> he's 75 years old, right? He's like, I'm not quitting preaching until they say, preacher? That's your last sermon, then I'll sit down. <laughs> but anyway, I love that kind of, you know, that fortitude. But, uh, uh, but anyway, 
uh, he said, you know, Bob, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, if an angel walked in this room right now and gave me the option of not experiencing that accident and driving safely home, I would choose the accident because I know things now that I would have never known any other way. And, I, and he said, I want to share a couple of them with you. He says, one of those is I know how much my children love me, especially my son. I know how much they love me. And then he goes on to say, uh, I know that God in his church, it's, it's still the answer. And like he, he, he shared a few more things, some personal things. But, but here's what I'm trying to say. Like he came to the like, do I walk away from this suffering? Do I choose it? And he said, I, I would choose it. I would have known it no other way. And so uh, God is using us. He's using to, to accomplish his purposes. And in doing so, unlikely people, unlikely circumstances to bring about his glory and his design. Now, the first week that we're in this, in this series, I want us to look back so that we can see what God has in our future. Now, does anyone in the room know what this automotive device is? It's two mirrors. Does anyone, anybody know what the, I know what this is. My, my, my papa had one. See, if you live in farm country, especially places like Indiana and Illinois, you got narrow roads, and they're just usually like oil and gravel, and you're always following a grain, a grain wagon to the granary or a hay truck or whatever, and you can't see around them. And so what this device is is two mirrors. And so you look in one mirror that's looking back, but the other mirror is out a little further, and it's looking forward, right? So you look in one mirror... And it's looking back at this mirror, and you're able to see around a big old grain truck or a tractor going down the road, and you're able to safely pass. This device is called a passing mirror. So now you can go go home and amaze your friends. Do you know what a passing mirror is? So anyway, long before we had electronics, we had these great things that worked all the time without batteries called mirrors. And uh, anyway, it was amazing. And so it allows the driver to see around a vehicle, vehicle in front of him and safely pass. So here's the point. By looking back, we can see ahead. And this is so true. You can't escape it. We can't escape it. We have to process what we've been through or what you're going through. to have any idea what lies in our future in Christ. Now, sometimes we're only looking in the first mirror. We're only looking back. So we're stuck. We're stuck in depression. We're stuck in anxiety. We're stuck in that broken marriage. We're stuck in our divorce. We're stuck, we're stuck in looking back. What we need is another mirror. That's Christ. And He helps us see around what we're in, the mess we're in. And He helps us see forward. So if you're stuck in looking back, I mean, if that's the only place, you're, you're, just, you're just in your head, you're in yourself, this is, this is where I'm at, this is all that matters, it's just, it's just about what I'm going through, you're just looking in one mirror, you need another mirror. You need the mirror to look around the vehicle, a mirror to look forward. It's not that we don't look back, because we have to process what we've been through, and say, okay, that was a bad decision, or that was a, I can't, I don't know why that happened to me. And so that's okay, but we, in Christ we're able to understand that God can take that and shape us uniquely for a purpose that we can only find in Him. And so Jesus becomes the other mirror that keeps us from being stuck in always looking back. We can look ahead. So your next step is to explore your past on your bulletin guide 
this morning, there is a guide called Discover Your More. It's just seven questions. We could have put a lot more questions on here. But what I'm asking you to do over the next afternoon hours or next week or this, you know, just today, I don't know, is to just ponder a few of these questions so that you can discover the more that God has created you for. And you're able to process a little bit of the past, and then you're able to take this other mirror called Christ and look ahead. But step one is just to think what has shaped you, what you've been through. And you're like, I don't even want to think about that again. That was a terrible time in my life. I just want to bury that. I don't want to process that. I just want to leave that there. That's not so healthy. It's not so healthy. I don't, want, I don't want us to just like dwell in what was wrong in our life, but I think we have to ask the questions that are listed here and, and maybe some more and have a conversation with somebody that can help us process a little bit of that so that we can see that God uses all this pain to accomplish His mission and His glory. There's a beautiful scripture. It's a favorite of many, a favorite of mine. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8 says this. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. These leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. So if you believe in God and you believe in His existence... You know that you're uniquely designed for a purpose that only He can construct in your life by unlikely people, unlikely circumstances, unlikely pain. And here's what we know, that those sudden moments, those, those sun, sudden heat days, right? Like we're having some of those right now. They're not going to destroy us. You know, when something bad happens immediately, we feel that anger flare up, temper flare up, something doesn't work out right. I forgot this, I should do that. Like we know that that's not going to rattle us. Because we're deeply rooted in Jesus and we're drawing from his water of life. And then when those long droughts come, when there's that long time in our relationship, we're not talking with our spouse. Or there's that long time of waiting how we're going to solve this problem. There's that long wait for something different, something better. We know we're still going to go on producing fruits. Because our existence is not based on what we can do. Our existence is based upon what God provides. And He's always providing. And we will go right on producing delicious fruit. We believe that life has meaning. We believe we have purpose. And our future life is a life of more in Christ. And it can be found nowhere else. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity uh, to just talk about uh, Moses, his amazing mom, Jehokabet, amazing parents, living by faith in the midst of a, a terrible world crisis where they were faced with putting to death their child. I can't even imagine, but yet they had faith and trust in you. And Father, I know that all of us have had experiences. Some are more dramatic than others. Some are more, more, more grievous than others. Some pain goes way, way deep. Some not so deep. I know you'll use it all. All of us are uniquely designed. We're your handiwork, and you're going to use it all to your glory and your end. And Father, I'm so glad that we are in Christ. I'm so happy to be in the church. I'm so happy to be part of your kingdom that is just expanding and, and pushing out darkness. Help us, Father, to 
to step into your light and just, just to remain that tree firmly rooted in you and know that you are calling us to something that goes beyond attending church, goes beyond just paying the bills. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on the web at cornerstonechatham.org.